Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Pekin Valley Podcast. My name is Murad Shockey. Joining me as always is Jameson Wells. Hey, what's up? We were interested in doing a top 10 albums of the year uh, podcast together just because I don't think me and Jameson watch enough of the same movies or, um, I mean, you don't really play any video games. But everybody likes top 10 lists, so... So, 2015 was actually a pretty great year for music, and one thing I noticed while looking at the top 10 albums of the year list I put together, which you did as well, Jameson. I did. Uh, but you know that. Uh, I noticed that like the top four or maybe even five albums on my list all could have been my album of the year last year, uh, which I think says a lot about the strength of this year, because... If I'm not mistaken, like th- I think my favorite album of last year was um, the new Tune Yards one, which was a great album, but it's on this list. I don't know that it would have been, probably would have only been top three. Uh, How do you feel about this year? I thought it was a great year for music. I was excited for a lot of albums at different points, and I think a lot of albums met expectations for me. Really good year. Yeah, I don't remember being disappointed much, which is a nice change of pace. Um, yeah. I'm pretty good at overhyping uh, for things myself. All right, so bottom of my list, uh, number 10, uh, a type of album I don't usually ever listen to, which is uh, Late Nights, the album by Jeremiah. Oh, that and, one was good. Yeah, and the thing is about Jeremiah is that I... Like, the first time I heard Jeremiah, he was, like, featured on a Shlomo track in, like, 2012 called uh, Do You Right. Um, and I'd never heard of the guy before, and, like, he had just the most, like, saccharine, like, high-pitched R&B voice I'd heard in a really long time. And I thought, like, who the fuck is this guy? And I looked him up, and all I could find were him doing features on other people's work. And every, like eight or nine months i would like google jeremiah and see if he'd done anything else and he didn't and then i like took a big break and then all of a sudden def jam releases what apparently has been a complete album for a long time like on a random friday in december yeah and like a lot of people got mad that he got buried so hard yeah when when you told me that when you you texted tyler and i and said jeremiah's album is really good you should listen i thought you were joking when you first told me that because I've never really, before this album, I'd never heard anything from him that I was like, oh, this is this is worth listening to. This is an artist that I should keep following. Um, but it was yeah. definitely good. That's a like, and also it had it had like features from artists that I kind of I used to just flat out hate them, and then I realized there was some ignorance on my part because I realized for the first time in my life. Which is weird because I'm 20, um, <laughs> but like, I felt like an old man for the first time ever. Where it's like, what is this new trap rapping kids are doing? It sounds terrible. Anybody could do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I realized that it like, much like punk vocals might sound shitty and like anybody can do them. That doesn't mean they're not unique and don't contribute something good to music. So yeah, it hits that emotion for the listener. Yeah, I was surprised that, like, two of my favorite tracks on the album featured Migos and uh, Ty Dolla Sign, which are... I love Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah, well, (laughs) 
I still don't get him. I'm gonna be like honest there. I still kind of don't get the appeal there. He just makes noise. But, I don't know. It's noise that I like. Yeah. Also, I don't know what about like. There's this infatuation with like modern trap rappers. I wish I knew a better thing to call them because I don't want to just say rapper because I want to like have it specific to that genre. But like, man, do they hate enunciating? It's just like huh. I don't know why it's is so. I don't. Tyler always says to me, "We need to figure out how to quote appreciate." trap R&B and trap hip-hop, and I don't know what it is that gets to people as much about it, because Drake, Drake's album, or mixtape or whatever you call it, that came out this year, I didn't like it very much, I'll say, but I know it. a lot of people did like it, and he and Future released an album later that a lot of people did like, and I wonder what, like, what is the emotional chord being hit, because I understand, like, the auto-tune 808s era, era where it was just kind of hitting a chord you knew the vocals were bad but it just got that emotion across to you and i feel like trap rap is doing the same thing it's just i'm not i'm I'm just it's just not hitting it for me there's like a weird like and this is where our lack of music vocabulary comes into play there is this like bounce to it where like with really technical highly skilled rapping you're kind of just observing in awe or something like Uh that but with like trap rap it's kind of like you're grabbing on and like hanging for dear life as this like weird fucking rhythmic yeah it's gonna sound pretentious this like rhythmic like roller coaster thing you hang on to is weird you do kind of bounce with it yeah it's just it's the enunciation and the way they just throw every syllable out at you that's really interesting Ah, i like some of it um, well, it's a good what do you have for your number 10? My number 10 was February 15th by Now. Did you listen I've to that I've never one? heard of that. I've never even heard of that. Really? It was, um, yeah. I just, I skimmed Pitchfork's Best New Music, and this was on there, and it's... Is that the one with the weird devil cover? Um, devil cover? No, 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 no. Like the album art? No, that's Arca by Mutants. That one was... Oh. That one was okay, but... February 15th by now, it's a, uh, I can't believe you've never heard her. You would absolutely love her. She has some of the most beautiful vocals, and it's just some of the best R&B music I've heard. It, it's All right, um, beautiful vocals. Yeah, I'll give that a listen. Uh, for number nine, I have Even If You Don't Believe by Rusty, uh, one word. I Rusty is a very overwhelming listen, mm-hmm. and I read in one review that uh, interview actually that he finds that his sound is inspired by old PlayStation Two music, which is really interesting to me because like people have done a lot with chip tunes and eight bit and sixteen bit music from that era of gaming, and that felt very natural to me because it was a unique sound. But as somebody who didn't grow up in that era and grew up with, like, the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2, it never really occurred to me that, like, there would be a natural progression where people started emulating those sounds. But I really liked his debut. Um, His second album had some really high peaks and low valleys, and it came out in another interview that he actually didn't like how the last album went because his label seemed to 
make him like do a lot of features yeah. and those features actually like ruined some amazing instrumentals hmm. um so on this one he actually has like next to a bunch of his songs it'll be like the title of the song featuring rusty by rusty as like kind of a fuck you to his label <laughs> uh it's a ton of fun uh it's really it's a little repetitive uh like a lot of the songs sound like shades of the same color uh so to speak mm-hmm. but it it's one of my main workout jams because like when you're like on a tread, if you're on an elliptical listening to rusty, it feels like if you pedal fast enough, you might save the world. (laughs) Uh, There, there's definitely something to be said for music that can, it just makes you feel so, it makes you feel like you're that guy who's getting his first scene in the movie, you know? I'm not sure what you mean. So think of like the cool first scene of the action hero in a movie where he has to come in in like just the most epic of ways and the type of music you would want to hear then. Oh, I see. I I find myself that when I like really enjoy any album, no matter if it's like something fast paced or like a singer songwriter thing, that if I really like an album, I will like assign it to either like movie scenes that already exist Uh or some bullshit I made up in my head. Yeah. Like the song "Butane" uh, by Run the Jewels. Oh yeah, that's I can I can't just walk around and not feel like I might kick someone's ass right now. It's yeah, it's great. Um, what you have for number nine? Number nine, I have "Art Pop" by Grimes that we talked spoke about earlier. It's such a fun listen. It's <clears throat> it's one of the only albums where I feel like I could put on any of the songs at a party and enjoy it and also still enjoy it just listen it listening to it alone it's yeah that's how i feel about justice like ah yeah some of my most some of my favorite music is not something i feel like i could put on with a crowd Mm -hmm. uh but justice i can choose any song at any album and then just leave it alone for an hour and i know everybody will be for the most part happy yeah that's that's how i feel about the grimes it's just such a fun listen the there's a song on there with Janelle Monet that's really good, and she does a really good job of. The drums are always fun, on that album. It's the yeah. front to back. The drums are always fun on that album. For number eight, I have the most lamentable tragedy by Titus Andronicus. Ah. So I originally started listening to Titus Andronicus in 2010 when they released the Monitor. And wow. 2010 is one of the best years of music I feel that I've ever li- lived through. Definitely the best I've lit like that I've actually been conscious of, like because I only really started consciously following music and trying to stay current in like 2008 or 2009. Uh, but 2010 was an amazing year. It was like LCD Sound System's last album. Well, not anymore. I guess they're coming back. Um, and, like, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire, and Rap Music by Killer Mike, Ooh. and Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye, and just, like, a shitload. Oh, yeah, Cosmogramma by Flying Lotus. Yeah, that was then, man. There's Love in You by Fortet. It was just, a, like, any one of those albums I just named would have been my favorite album of the year, this year. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that The Monitors might be my favorite album from that year. Wow. Uh... It's like ten. It's, if I'm if I remember correctly, it's only like ten tracks, but each track is like eight minutes with three separate acts to them. It's like a 
concept album of, about the Battle of Hampton Roads, which was like a Civil War battle, but they tied into like the plight of like the depressed, like soft substance abusing millennial. <laughs> uh, and it, so it's got like Bruce Spring Bruce Springsteeny like music, uh, huh. but with like really like hardcore punk vocals uh, and like br- big breasts like instruments that come out of nowhere and uh long story short which isn't actually true because i just made it a long story <laughs> um that thing knocked me on my ass and then their that their next album after that local business came out and it was kind of just all the parts of bruce springsteen that i don't like really at all uh. and it was actually disappointing because the monitor was their second album and i went back and listened to their first album which was almost as good as the monitor um and then they released The Most Lamentable Tragedy, and I was bracing myself for another disappointment, but it wasn't. It just, you know, kind of doesn't touch the monitor still, but it is, like, it's even longer. Oh. It's, like, it's a double album. I liked it. It's got... Oh, you actually listened to it? Yeah, I liked it. It was, um, <clears throat> it's not, I think, you know, that's, like, not usually my cup of tea, so to speak, but it's it's a fun listen. Yeah, it goes back to that, like, each song has, like, three acts, and there's, like, one track that is literally, like, three minutes of dead air, which kind of pissed me off, because I burned CDs for the car in that waste <laughs> space. Like, I had to split that thing onto two discs. Uh, but, yeah, I was I was, I was was really happy with it, and uh, it does seem like a step in the right direction if they're ever going to get back to the monitor. But they don't really need to. Like, if you can release one album that good let alone, like, two, because their first album's really good, mm-hmm. and then I think you've had a pretty complete music career. And I'll definitely go see them live, because I've seen them live once, and they were a ton of fun. Nice. What'd you have? Number eight, I had Surf, the album by Chance the Rapper, and I guess it was... Didn't get to listen to that. It was... It was really good. It was... It really came out of nowhere, because he, he dropped it. I think it was a surprise drop, and he just put it on iTunes for free. So I went into it with no expectations of, oh, I hope this is good, because I didn't know it was coming out. And, it, and the Drake thing had just happened. Yeah, and it was free, so I'm like, what? let's go for it. And just front to back, it's really nice music. It None of the tracks really have high energy to them, and none of them wow you too much. How what what's it like compared to Acid Rap? Um, they're very different in terms of what they sound like. In terms of quality, I I would take Acid Rap, but they sound. I loved Acid. Acid Rap, Rap is great. This it's just it's a great first album for what he's trying to do with his. I think they're called the Social Experiment. Um, what a dumb fucking name for. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about Chances he got like way cheesy to me because I really loved Acid Rap and then like a year later I got to see him live in Missouri. I don't know if you went to that one. No, um I missed it for a, a reason that probably sucked balls, but I don't know. Yeah, and it was maybe it was like one of the five worst shows I think I've yeah, ever Yeah, you told been to. me he had just pictures of naked girls because of how edgy he is in the back. And just... That's not That doesn't even bother me because I've actually seen that in other concerts. It was more that like he would get like 40 seconds into each song and like just as he was getting a real groove with it, he would like 
cut it short and move on to the next one and instead of having like he had some amazing production on his last album Mm -hmm. and instead of playing that for him to rap over he had his little social experiment behind him like doing like (laughs) live renditions of it which sounded really shitty See, i think this i like this album a lot because it they're a really good band and i think maybe acid rap the style of music wasn't good for them to play live but they're really good everyone who on that album is very talented at what they do there were the vocalists are really good the people who play individual instruments and it all went together really it was a really cool i mean it, it makes sense to me that they would get better once they weren't like actually covering anything and making their own shit but then he also started doing a bunch of collaborations with other people yeah. that i thought sounded terrible um he um so i did really like fall off the wagon with him or fall on get on the way whatever i fell off with him i i really like chance as a as a person and i think he's gonna i think he'll be one of the more important artists of like this group he's a great person he makes really cool music and the social experiment was definitely a good starting point or surf was a good starting point for that um group to do all right uh for number seven i don't know how to say this title which makes me think you might know what it is um mithril oh melissa five x melissa remember tyler told that's what that's supposed to be yeah yeah see i didn't i didn't know and then tyler told me and immediately i was like duh of course that's what do you mean duh well if you what about an x makes an a so the x for the a is a little weird but it's just this all every all the numbers are just a general shape of that letter like fives are yeah i I, I got melissa but then the x at the end yeah the x is weird um i loved melissa yeah thank you for showing me that because fka twigs was always uh on my to-do list uh and because of this ep i ended up listening to her whole discography and that's a hell of a thing yeah she is oh she's great um she yeah i also found out oh sorry she um just for a little like look at preview into what now is like their vocals are kind of similar sometimes uh the production's pretty different but they have similar vocals yeah, and I also, like, because I really liked the production on her album, I, like, looked up the producers, and she actually has a couple in common with uh, Beyonce. Oh, okay. Uh, specifically from Beyonce's last album, and uh, there was some other overlap that was also really interesting, but, yeah, I really, really enjoyed what I heard. What do you have? Um, For my next one, I have Ratchet by Shamir. Did you ever get to listen to that? Nope. Great album. Great, great album. Is it... I don't find that I remember anything about it. Actually, is this rap? It's a it's um R and B album. Uh-huh. He he does a really good. So a his voice is fantastic. He has a great voice, and the uh-huh. production around it. I forget the name of the guy who does it. Um, but the production around it is is always really cool. And it's just the type of album that you can't help but want to dance to. That's and like all kinds of da- like party dancing, but there's some slow dance songs. Oh, I love party dancing. That's yeah. my favorite type. <laughs> party dancing. Oh, we have to start a group called Party Dancing. <laughs> but it's just a really good album. His vocals are excellent, and the production around it is really good. 
great to dance to, fun listen. Cool. For my, uh, what are we at? Six. Six. For my sixth album, it actually broke my heart to put it at number six, but that's how good this year was. Mm-hmm. Um, no Cities to Love by Sleater Kinney, which uh, I think you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I've been meaning to listen to that. Yeah, I've, I started listening to Sleater Kinney like five years ago because their last album, this was their reunion album, their last album came out in 2005, it was called uh, The Woods, which was front to back an amazing listen. I very briefly dipped into their older discography, which is massive, which is why I was a little intimidated by it and didn't really get into it. Mm-hmm. And they had a bunch... This is, for people who don't know, this is also Carrie Brownstein's band uh, of Portlandia fame. Uh, and she's had a couple side projects since then, uh, involved with other members of the band even, like uh, Wild Flag. But I never really got to listening to it. So I really, you know, because so many people have been reuniting for the past... like It's been like a trend for like five years now. Uh, I was kind of worried because those albums tend not to go so well. But it was... Uh, I don't find that I often get rock albums that make me want to dance constantly, like the party dancing you're talking about, <laughs> because, like, I get plenty of rock albums that make me want to, like, maybe, like, break a window or, like, mosh by myself in the middle of a room or or just, like, you know, air drum or something like that. But mm-hmm. front to back, I just wanted to, like, run down a street and, like, dance with the first person I see. It's just so much fun and the thing is it's like they're like a stadium rock band that doesn't ever fill a stadium because like you know I don't know that their fan base is big enough for them to fill out a stadium Mm -hmm. but the way both Carrie Brownstein and the um, main lead vocalist whose name I forget just project it's like like you know when you hear Beyonce like sing even though she's not yelling it's just fucking loud and powerful yeah that's what they sound like a lot to me and, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. You should really, uh, give them a listen. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to do that. Um, so my number six is Currents by Tame Impala. Yeah, I, so, do they just still sound like late era Beatles? Like psychedelic Beatles? I, I will say I've actually never really listened to the Beatles. I've heard, I've heard <laughs> the Beatles. I've never sat down and listened to a Beatles album. Um, I might soon because they're on Apple Music now, uh, but I never mm-hmm. had, so I wouldn't know. Um, but that sounds like a good thing, sounding like Beatles. I don't. Yeah, no, like of course that sounds like a good thing. It's just that they sounded like with the album before that, which I believe was called Lonerism. Did you listen to Lonerism? I listened to part of it. Um, that sounded identical, and it, what was really jarring about it was that like it sounded like they were not only did like the production and stuff like that sound like that of late era Beatles but like he he sounded like he was doing just they were doing straight up like Paul McCartney and John Lennon vocal impressions too which like you know to say something sounded like a lost Beatles album sounds like really high praise and maybe that's why people liked it so much but it was something I actually couldn't get past hmm. maybe it I don't know, maybe listening to the Beatles would would make me look at it differently but it's a uh, it's just really it sounds really cool the the production of it i think they grew from lonerisms they they did the production was more um how do how do i put this 
I don't know. I think they use more computer programming in the production on this one. Okay. Uh, should we move on, or did you have something to say about that? It's just one. Of, it was one of the cooler albums I thought this year, and it. There's like I can't think of a song on there really that I skip. Okay. Uh, my next one. Are we at number five now? Yes. Number five, I also, from here on out, it's all like, I wish I could have made this number one. But, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I put, I don't like shit, I don't go outside by Earl Sweatshirt. Really? Number five for you? I thought it would be higher. Wow. Yeah, me too, like, when I started making this list, but, like, this would have been my album of the year last year, even, because one of the reasons I resonate with Earl so much is that he feels like... The f- and some other rappers have joined him, like Chance or Vince Staples, mm-hmm. uh, in that like first voice of our generation, yeah, like our rapping, age, yeah, yeah, where they're rapping about the problems that a lot of us have, and like, like a lot of people ch- like kind of th- like talk down when they or condescend when they talk about Earl because it is moody music, mm-hmm. but it is like. Outside of folk music, I haven't really ever heard much music that really articulates what depression feels like or what um, the attitude of soft substance abuse like feels like. Like he has a lyric where he says something along the lines of like, "What can make you?" Well, it's not. This isn't at all what the lyric is like. But what he says is like, "What makes you get into that mode of like." abusing yourself is that you know what the damage you're about to do is and you don't give a shit about it which is what it makes it so scary because you know exactly what you're about to do to yourself and you couldn't care less yeah it's kind of like smoking cigarettes no yeah no one is unaware of the Mm -hmm. that it's nothing but bad for your health and millions of people do it a lot of times a day yeah, and a lot of people complain about his production because it is, like, a little hard to listen to. I don't know if that's, like... Because it is really sparse and really bleak and, like, uh, pretty minimal. But I really love... Like, the whole album was really cohesive and uh, because he actually produced every track himself mm-hmm. uh, per the advice of one Flying Lotus because uh, his debut album was uh, mostly him but also, like, a lot of other contributors yeah. like Left Brain and Tyler, the creator. Uh yeah, I really loved that album. Also, maybe my favorite opener to any album. I will say that I was very, very, very wrong. Um, giving the album... Giving that album credit for a while. Just because... What do you mean giving it credit? Um, You remember Tyler and I would argue with you about where it stood mm-hmm. in terms of ranking the year. And I was very... You guys were down on it. I wasn't down on it. I always thought it was good. I just... I think so many albums came out around the same time as it that I just kind of suffered from the the recency bias of you hear something more recently, so you're like... you just yeah. And it's such a... You talked about the tone of it. It's The tone of it is so consistent. <laughs> And low that it's one. It's something that can. It can be easy to forget how good how good it is. Mantra is one of my favorite songs of the year. Yeah, mantra is great. Uh, it's it is 
also like a a pretty good insight into relationships for people our age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, I, I will say I was extremely wrong when I said Dr. Dre's album was better than Earl's. Which is a bit of an unfair conversation to have because they are so different, but I like hearing you say that makes me so yeah, happy. Dr. Dre did not crack my top ten because you, you take some time to sit down. And so, it's not that good, man. It's, it's really I, will, I will say it is very fun to listen to. The production is a lot of fun, but it's, it's just kind of like radio rap music, which is... But I also found that it wasn't even like... I was surprised it had radio success because so much of it just sounded like noisy chaos to me and not even like the type of chaos i can get behind because like That's you know like rusty is on my top 10 list and that is some dense noisy production hmm. but like something about compton felt like chaotic in an accidental way interesting huh yeah. well we're at what are we at five again mm-hmm. so number five for me um i'm almost sure you didn't listen to this tetsuo and you it's by one lupe fiasco uh, you know, yeah, my bad. You know, well, I don't know, not my bad. You, you know, I'm a big yeah, fan. Um, <laughs> and I think part of the reason it's as high as it is. Does he mean Tetsuo like Tetsuo from Akira? Um, no. Well, oh, well sort of, okay, because that would have made me listen. Sort of, sort of. It's not about that, but he said he that was an inspiration for it. So it's oh, it's not about that's that. That's what I meant, though. Well, yeah, he's a he's a big fan of um Japanese cartoons anime and things like that like he's worked with a lot of uh oh what's his name i would know his name immediately like just uh it... who did akira i couldn't tell you i'm like i only know specific animation credits when it comes to like miyazaki i'm movies. pretty sure the one who did akira him and lupe did a few projects together early in his career and he's a big fan of that but do you watch studio ghibli movies maybe like my Neighbor Totoro and Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea, but, like, did you watch Kill Bill? Yes, yes. You remember that animated sequence with the killing the pedophile? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know that was animated by Studio Ghibli? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to look that up one time just so I don't uh, look stupid if it's wrong. Nice. Um, so the reason, do you want me to keep talking? Uh, yeah, go ahead. So the reason Tetsuo and Youth is is high for me it's because you know i'm like a big fan but it was just seeing an artist that i really like have two really good albums two pretty bad albums and then have a good one again and yeah that's what uh that that was the arc that uh the arctic monkeys had for me yeah there there are two middle ones where it what was it like i don't something about whatever you say i am i didn't like that one a lot there's one other one that i can't remember the name of but it was so nice to have an artist that, you know, you've always been a fan of, just kind of have... Come back yeah, have a, a hell of a rare and few in exactly. between. There's a song on there called Mural that you absolutely should listen to, because I've heard very few rap songs like it, just ever. The he Technically, he, I think, is one of the best rappers just in mm-hmm. terms of the act of rapping and writing, mm-hmm. he is one of the best. And yeah. Mural is just the ultimate show of that. He, every single line of it, you know how in Rick and Morty, every single line of it is like a whole joke that you can talk about? 
Uh-huh. Every line in mural is like a whole thing you can just picture in your head. That's uh, that's why it's called that because the whole song, every line, it's eight minutes straight of him only rapping, and every line paints its own individual little picture of. It's it's great. I think you should listen to it. I think a lot of people should. I think a lot of people are down on Lupe because he sounds kind of preachy, but uh-huh. he has a line where he's like. People always say I talk about the same shit, but that's because mm-hmm. ain't shit changed, bitch. Which was one of my favorites by him, because it's like, yeah, that's that's real. People get called crazy a lot for not really changing their tune. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, these things are still happening. Yeah, another one of the, like the best technical rappers out there, but he didn't crack my list, but I actually took a listen to it today, was the uh, Big Grams EP with Big Boy and Fanagram, which I actually what? enjoyed quite a bit. What? That's the thing? You didn't know about that? Um, no, no. I, I texted in the group text if anybody had listened to Big Grams. I thought you responded to that. I might have. When did it come out? Was it... Late September, I want to say. I don't remember. I feel like I remember that. Damn. I'm definitely down to listen to that. Big Boy and yeah, Fanny. They did a couple collaborations on Big Boy's last solo album, Dangerous Lies and Vicious Rumors. Huh. CPU by Big Boy and Fanagram is a hell of a song. Damn. I think I listened to a song by them that you showed me, but I don't remember the the EP. Yeah, you should give it a listen. You'd probably Yeah, really absolutely like it. I will. That's that is fantastic. Um Alright. Is this my turn? Yeah, number four for you. Number four. Uh, just mentioned him a couple seconds ago, or minutes ago, I should say. Uh, Summertime 06 by Vince Staples, Ooh. which wins the award for longest in rotation in my car, but that was also because we lost all our CDs for a little okay. while and couldn't burn any new ones. But it was a good album to leave in the car. Hmm. Uh, it was a cool new perspective on gangster rap. Yes, uh, yes. One that stepped away from, like, the braggadocious aspects and went into, like, kind of, like, hard realism yeah. of uh, people aren't, like, people are dying because they're getting shot, but people are also dying because they're sick and, like, yeah. because, like, no one... drugs being introduced by, like, outside forces and, yeah. like, little, like, opening... He has a line where he opens about like being followed while shopping. That is, oh, really that's one of impactful. my favorite lines of the year. The one mm-hmm. you, I think yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um. I and also just front to back, really great production, which he t- uh, said in his interview was the like what took the longest time was just like listening to hundreds of different uh, beats and just trying to choose like a good ten or twelve. Yeah. He um. It's all. It's. I'll say it's on my list eventually, uh, so I'll speak about it a little more later. But I do, I do cool. want to say I like that you said like added a like a reality side to gangster rap because uh, mm-hmm. back when NWA came out, that's what they that's like how they pushed it was no it's it's reality rap it's not gangster rap we're just telling our story which for a bit they were, um, but you kind of saw how it turned into this. Um, glorifying of it. Yeah. Alright, well, what you what do you have for your number, number four? Number four, I have A New Place to Drown by... Mm-hmm. I forget what he calls himself now. I know King... 
Archie Marshall. Archie Marshall. Which is his actual real okay. name. A new previously King Cruel, previously Zoo Kid, and he also has like a rap alter ego that I never listened to. I like a, a new place to drown. Um, I hesitated to put it so high, just because I I didn't want to think that it was just like oh it came out more recently that's why I like it, but it's just front to back so. I want a hallmark like trait mm-hmm. of a good album to me is if you start it at any point and then just finish it by accident. Yeah, it's it's know? so smooth. It's really cohesive. Um, mm-hmm. It's like he he's he merged his sound with uh with like he merged his like King Cruel sound with like the Mount Kimby really tactile production. And also like the Clams Casino, like cloudiness. Yeah. Ooh, Mount Mount Kimby, I think they came out with one this year that almost made my time. No, they Mount Kim- if Mount Kimby released an album this year, then like we have to re record this podcast. <laughs> I might just be misremembering the name then. They did a couple songs with King Cruel on what I believe their last album was, uh, in twenty thirteen. Hmm. Uh which is pretty great. I'm, pro- I'm probably um, just misremembering, but um, yeah, it's just I can hear you clicking. Oh, sorry, I'm probably mm-hmm. just misremembering, but it was just front to back, such a like you said, if you can you can start it anywhere in the album and finish. Uh, that sounds mm-hmm. weird to say. It's it's just a really cohesive record all the way through, and the production has so many really good parts to it. Like it's it's not yeah. just an album for one type of listen. There's there's so much it takes you through. Um, yeah, and also like that dude is a poet. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Um, I had to like because like in his previous albums he had really really like harsh vocals where he sounded like he was gargling glass or something. Yeah. He does um, a bit on this one where you can kind of it's like. Kinda, I was gonna say like he really fades into the background. Like his, it's like his voice is another instrument more than like the main. It's attraction. not really overpowering that much, but there are some points where he lets his voice kind of take over. Mm-hmm. There, it's just it's really good. Um, Sex with nobody is a uh, either that or any god of yours. I would say are deaf. I couldn't even tell you. Like I know that I love how it opens and how it closes, but because like. I ended up like listening to that whole album so many times, like I can't even pick out individual tracks. Yeah. This whole discussion actually saves us some time because my third favorite album <laughs> of the year was "A New Place to Drown" by King Cruel, which be- I put at number three because of what you mentioned earlier, which is that recency bias, and I didn't want to get ahead of myself and put it any higher. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling if that came out earlier in the year, like in uh, the summer or March or something like that, even though it is a very winter album, yeah, yeah, to it me, is. Um. That it might have even placed higher on the, my list. But that saves us some time. So uh, what's your number My three? number three. Um, I'm shocked that I have it higher on my list than you. It's I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Um, yeah, dude. I fuck, I love that album. It's just been such a good year for music. Everything you said about it was right. Just about how it hits those emotions perfectly. And how he tells the stories of people our age. In a way that... I can actually identify with, and that as far as I believe you will actually identify with. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pitch move. Real what's quick. that? I want to flip Summertime 06, and I don't. Watch 
So wait, where does that put I don't like shit? Number four then? Yeah. And summertime at five? Yeah, and it's because I just, like, as you were talking about it, I was looking through the track listing of I Don't Like Shit, and I was like, oh, yeah, I love that song. No, oh, it's, yeah, I love that song. Oh, yeah, I love that song. It, I think it made it to three for me because it's, like I said, it's kind of easy to forget sometimes, not because it's not good, but because the mood of it is just so smooth. And it is nothing about that album is flashy. Yeah, and that's that was my, I'll say again, incorrect criticism of it. It's like, there's no point in it where I just, like, I'm like, oh, fucking cool. That that was so cool. But there's definitely points where you can't help but rap along or sing along. Oh my god, I want to put it at number three. He's now, so he's but... so cool on mantra. He yeah grief. I rem- but also but also like he has his friend. Uh... Oh, on um DNA or no uh yeah DNA was it, is it Nikel? Yeah. What's or on is it... on DNA? Yeah. He has Nikel on there. Yeah, that was. Yeah, who had just dropped acid and uh, found out one of his best friends had gotten shot and died in a hospital yeah. moments before he started hallucinating yeah. and then recorded on that. Yeah. Uh, it's Oh, man, that might have to go up to number it's, three. But it's, uh, for the sacred, for this, to keep the list sacred, I'm just yeah. going to, like, leave it's, it at number four. I guess this is a good way to make that point of it's an album that is easy to forget how good it is. Um, yeah. But Earl was... He did great, and I'm really excited for everything he's going to do rest of his career. Oh, yeah. One of the most exciting he, uh, Yeah, he he's just so smart, and he's just so... And he's, like, exactly our age. Yeah, he's, like, he is... Yeah. And we, we, like, have seen him grow also. He went from talking... Yeah, I've been listening to Earl for, like, six years yeah. now. That's crazy. Like, maybe, maybe more... Or I guess when did they pop up? Like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I remember being in eighth grade listening to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long. It's been amazing to like track this really clever like piece of shit. Yeah, who, he was like, a piece of shit. Rapped about raping women exactly. and stuff like that. I would to like progress, disappear for a while, and come back like yeah. a man. It was it was a really amazing thing to keep and, track. Yeah, of. I can like I can look back and see that I would like be a shitty high schooler and make jokes about rape or mm-hmm. whatever. I was that shitty I high And to see that Earl grew and is just like... Or in high school. To see that Earl grew that way out of that and that I have grown that way out of it's just like to draw that parallel between me and just uh, and, and Earl. And I'm not, I'm not fucking Earl Sweatshirt, but like that, that's so <laughs> cool to see that he has grown as a person like that. Okay, so what is that? Number two for no, me? No, you're at number three, I believe. No, no, yeah, you're at two. You're right. All right, number two. And it, again, it breaks my heart that this isn't number one because this band in particular uh, seems to be cursed by coming in second place uh, anytime they release an album. Uh, is New Bermuda by Deaf Heaven. Okay. Which I, I, I wish that, like... I wish that you and Tyler could really uh, enjoy black metal, but that yeah, is, it's a, is very much an acquired yeah, taste. I, I know that's like very much your um, like your type of thing, and uh, well, not even because like I'm a, I'm pretty novice when it comes to metal. Like the only like three, I only listen to three metal bands regularly, and it's Deaf Heaven, Paul Bear, which is closer to something like Black Sabbath, and um, 
Death Clock, which I don't even know if Death Clock is a respective group. I just love Metalocalypse. Mm. It's just um, um, those are three very different bands. Like, like I, I know um, that it's quality, like high quality, or not no, but you can. It at least is getting good reviews, and people I know who like that type of music love those albums. So I know that there's like something I'm missing to a degree, not liking it, but it's just there's some. There's some connect that doesn't happen for me. Yeah, I feel like if you were going to give him another shot, um, that this album might even be the place to start because it has more traditional like metal aspects to it. Like, It's definitely catchier than their last one, which gained them a lot of uh, fame, which was Sunbather, which is one of like probably my ten favorite albums, period. I think I'll listen to some uh, of Sunbather with you. Yeah, I definitely tried showing that to a lot of people many times. That's one of those few bands, like also Titus Andronicus, where if I show them to somebody, I'm like, this is, or Crystal Castles, they're in that same group of like, this is amazing, and if you hate it, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's Kid That's kid uh, Cuddy for me. Do you see the difference in us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's actually a good parallel. <laughs> Did you like his most recent thing? Because I everything I read about it, people are just baffled the, by it. It's like a rock it's, album. Yeah, it's all it? punk rock, and it. So it, I'll go ahead and spoil it. It's not in my top ten. Uh, <laughs> it there's as a fan, I like that he's trying to do something different, and mm-hmm. there's a few songs on it that I do like, but. It is bad. It is mo. It is <laughs> mostly bad, and it's the first time that I've ever heard a Kid Cudi album and been like, "Shit, I hope he bounces back." Everything else has, because like the one before this, people didn't like either, right? Satellite, oh uh, yeah, satellite, satellite flight was like. It seemed like there was somewhere he could go from that that was better. This seems like it was a side project that he did as well as he could. Because there are some songs on it where I'm like, he plays the guitar very well on it, and his vocals do that Kid Cudi thing where they're not really technically good, but they just, they make you feel mm-hmm. the same way he does. Um, there's a few songs on it I like. Um, I might have been disappointed because I hyped it up a lot in my head, because the singles he dropped were cool, and the title, Speed and Bullet... See, I had to do that with Titus Andronicus' album because, like, the first couple singles from it, like, I was like, this sounds like a lot like The Monitor. Oh, this might be like, oh, it's a double album. It might be two of those. Holy shit. And then it was called Speed and Bullets of Heaven. And I'm like, that just sounds so cool. You can't name an album something that cool and it not be great. Isn't that the name of a famous song? Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm But Speed and Bullets of Heaven sounded cool. Um, Okay. And he, like, my my biggest... uh, knock on the album is he does these Beavis and Butthead skits where throughout the album it's actually Beavis and Butthead actually them and they're just talking about the album and they do mushrooms in the middle of it and do that and I'm like oh my god stop it (laughs) like it's uh it's yeah anybody who thinks like like the only drug I can think drugs I can think of as any type of edgy right now is like meth and heroin. Yeah, and like heroin's even kind of sad. Yeah. It's only meth that has like 
this. Like, oh no, like, methods that too. On trust heroin, me. you're just gonna like. Sh- yeah, <laughs> I know methods. Uh, they're obviously all tragedies, <laughs> but like, the only way you're going to impress me with your party drugs are if you're doing like angel dust or meth. Yeah. So like, if you're bragging about Molly or if you're bragging about, and I know hallucinogenics aren't really a party drug, but like. If you if that is like a big part of your identity, odds are I've already lost interest because that's like making alcohol part of your identity. Yeah. Like I mean, we all like. Yeah, it, it's like but is it? You cool? have to do it the right like, way. Like Kendrick mm-hmm. really dove into like being an alcoholic onto Pimp a Butterfly, but it wasn't the sappy mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm ten shots deep. I'm so fucking cool. It was like, holy shit, I'm drunk alone in this hotel room, and I'm thinking about all my failures as a person. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, back to Bur- New Bermuda. Oh yeah, quick. good music. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deaf Heaven does an amazing thing, and they've always done this amazing thing where they build to each each uh, each of their songs that are like eight or nine minutes, and they build to like an amazing climax. And there's multiple phases to it. Also, like the drumming is so absolutely incredible and technical. And it's what's really striking about it is you're hearing how many beats per minute he's doing and how each of those beats, like each individual drum beat is from a different sounding drum. And when you really think about it, you can't even picture how big his drum set is Damn. until I like, I actually got to see them live and I re- realized like how many goddamn like additions he had to it. It was, uh, it's a hell of a thing. And after they built to that climax, they'll like dissolve and like, you won't even notice the transition to a new track where it's like this two minute, really slow, like they'll like bust out an acoustic guitar and just do something real, really slow and instrumental with like no vocals or anything. Uh, and then they're just such, they flow together so goddamn well. And this new one is no exception. And I just, it's also the most fun album they've put out, which is why I'd say you should start here because they have more of that like traditional like, gucci 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 like all of a sudden like you can just kind of like bang your head to it as opposed to like Sunbather where if you tried dancing to it you would look like you were seizing. Hmm. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. All right. Down. What's number, number two? two? Is one you also named earlier. It's uh, Melissa. I really, 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 really like this album, and I, and I guess yeah. I was by FK by FK yeah. Twigs just to read yeah. It. I was a little hesitant to put it so high, just because it is technically an EP, and it's I think six or seven tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I love the production of it front to back, um, mm-hmm. and her voice. There's, I just yeah. can't really look at. Well, we've set our piece. Yeah, on I can't look at a flaw in this album, like a, a glaring flaw, in that album. Yeah. So, number yeah. one for you. Something we forgot to mention yes. at the beginning of this podcast is that this is the these are the top ten not to pimp a butterfly yes. albums of a year because a nothing year. really came very all that close to to pimp a butterfly I, I i that was my attitude when we were discussing making this podcast was that nothing came close but when i really looked at it like you know it it, it came kind of close but that album was just such a fucking punch to the brain yeah. uh that we don't i don't think we need really need to expand on just because like if you've spent any time on this thing called the internet this year you're already aware well aware of its um qualities and i even 
hate how I sound talking about it because whenever this many people say something is great, I usually take a huge fucking grain of salt mm-hmm. with it because when everybody likes something, that often means it's kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, I read an interesting piece about um, how it was so universally acclaimed and it kind of mm-hmm. explained like it was that good, but it shouldn't have been known as that good. Like, it doesn't make sense. A lot of albums that are this good, that are kind of polarizing too, don't get the credit they deserve. And it's weird that this one did, and it examined, like, the social issues based on, like, why people felt obligated to rate it how they did. It was an interesting little little piece to read. Okay. Well, that said, uh, without further ado, my top number one album of the year that is not by Kendrick Lamar Mm -hmm. is I Love You Honey Bear by Father John Oh, it was so hard for me to leave this off my top ten. Yeah. Really? It was a tough one. I, weirdly enough, the closest parallel to Father John Misty in my top ten album would would be Earl Sweatshirt (laughs) in the sense of I've never listened to somebody who's so talented at really breaking down like the complexities of self-loathing yeah uh he has a track it's like the only really fast track on the album called the ideal husband which is like this like sprint to like the finish of like reveling in your self-destructive qualities and how they hurt other people Mm -hmm. but also he can take that same self-loathing and use that to analyze the love he feels for somebody uh like it has an absolutely stunning closing track about um like meeting the one which is like as optimistic as the album really gets aside from like another track here or there just what is i I hesitate to even call him a storyteller because it's not like he ever really gives a narrative in any of his songs except maybe the ideal husband but it's just I, I feel like I know the guy, uh, like, after listening to the album. And, and and folk albums don't usually resonate with me that much. Like, whenever I really like a folk album, if I were to make, like, a top ten list that year, they probably either wouldn't make the top ten list or would be closer to the bottom. Uh, because I find that I find, like, I feel kind of unoccupied by listening yeah. to them. But uh, it's weird. It's like a... I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's like, at both times, it's like a light and dense album. And I couldn't stop listening to it for a good chunk of the year. I don't know why. I love Father John Misty, and I don't know why it just didn't stick with me as much. Uh, I've heard... Did it come out around the same time as some as another really good album? I mean, it came out, like, I think it was around March, like, when I Don't Like Shit and other stuff yeah, was coming yeah. out. The, I think it just kind of fell to, like, there were... It was a victim. because yeah, I, I do like it, but I can't say I've really sat down and listened to it um, all the way through multiple... I think I've made it all the way through once, but I've never really really sat down and listened to it. And Yeah, that's how I was with uh, D'Angelo's last album, which I finally really started listening mm-hmm. to in the past couple weeks. And like I know Pitchfork included it in their top 10 of 2015 be- or because that's their policy for albums that come out in mm-hmm. December. That's what they did with Beyonce's album. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but like that was, I kind of, that feels like cheating. That is very much a 2014 album, but that would have been somewhere in the top five here. It's a hell of a thing. I hope you have more time to listen to, uh, it soon. Um, so, well, I guess my, was, was that all you had to say about Father John? Yep. Okay. Our final selection is number one for me is the Beatles 20th anniversary re-release. No, that's serious? a joke. I, I okay. I was about <laughs> I was about to like pause the recording and like oh. God I damn hate it. when those get re reviewed. I feel like that's a waste of time. Um, I just uh-huh. want to. Well, I don't think it's a waste of time to like reflect on the qualities that made an album. They're great. all one hundred. Talking about the They're bullshit all that happens on Metacritic. Yeah, yeah, no, because that's I knew exactly. exactly why you brought that up because it like. That should have a separate section yeah, on that. they're always all... If you look up. through Metacritic's, like, top 20 albums in any genre, it's, like, every Beatle album re-released, and then, like, a re-released Nas album. And I'm like, fuck off. Let them yeah, be as good as and, they were. And that is one of the reasons why... Like, one of the many, many reasons why Metacritic is evil. Mm-hmm. But it is such a convenient and, like, detailed system, yeah. and fascinating, yeah. too, to, like, track, like critical reception and different trends mm-hmm. through it uh but like a lot of it does get muddied up by that bullshit yeah. but my uh, real my real number right. one is one you said earlier summertime 06 i the production on it was really diverse um the it, vince is a great rapper unique too i don't know anybody that's he has like one i of heard the earl sweatshirt mention it in uh yeah, I heard Earl Sweatshirt mention it in like I think an interview with NPR, which he like co did with uh, Vince mm-hmm. Staples, where he said I like Vince because I don't know anybody that sounds yeah, like Vince. Yeah, he's just he's a great voice, and I identify with a lot of the things he kind of like the the line that you brought up the I'm just a nigga until I fill my pockets and then I'm Mister Nigga. Like that's such a that's such yeah. a great line of just. Like the, I don't know. I've not heard a lot from black people my age about like the problems we go through because it's very different than the civil rights era or slavery. Of course, like we're not. It's a different. It's a more subtle problem, and he goes through it so well on that, and the narrative he gives throughout of like how he wants to do gangster rap to make people look through the glass because he says that the ghetto so to speak of america just underprivileged communities people talk about them and look at them like it's a fucking zoo like we never do anything about it we just kind of say man that's awful but like that's what it is and we just kind of accept that and he did you bring up the lyric where he uh mentions uh like the uber driver pulling up to oh yeah uber driver in the cockpit yeah. looked like, like oh well, yeah yeah because like the comparison of the guy in the uh driver's seat looking like jeffrey dahmer uh looking at him crazy when they pull up to the projects is really like yeah i think people forget that a lot of white people look fucking scary yeah. yes they do they yeah. yes very much it's and it's just such a this is the top 10 list outside of Kendrick, and I feel like mm-hmm. this was the only album this year besides, or I'd say the best album this year besides Kendrick that was a really good view of the person 
but also like a very important, strong political statement. Because Kendrick's okay. album has caught on a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of people. And Vince's just gives a narrative of like, hey, we're the black people who don't, like, we don't get to protest. We, we're living the thing that you're fighting against. But like, we're here. And it was, it's a great album. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, something I wish I pulled up uh, when I gave my number one uh, were like some lyrics from Father John Misty that really give an idea of like how good he is at breaking down mm-hmm. those weird impulses that you have that hurt other people. And like how he calls, like any the moment he gets cliche, he calls himself out for it. Like he has a, tr- a lyric on the ideal husband where like he shows up to somebody like to his love's house at uh like three in the morning Mm -hmm. or something uh and he says uh say something dumb like i'm tired of running uh and like (laughs) he just he can't he's so like cynical but so appreciative of the things that he loves about life that like he can let himself have that moment of like that like blissful appreciation uh-huh. of something but he can never like just leave it at that and that's one of the reasons i love it so much nice. um, i'll definitely okay. listen to it again. so let's uh give a quick run through of our full list and then i want to talk about maybe stuff we're looking forward to in 2016 okay. all right so from the bottom up for me uh number 10 <laughs> is late nights the album by mm-hmm. jeremiah number nine even if you don't believe by rusty uh, number eight, the most lamentable tragedy by Titus Andronicus. Tra- t- fuck, Titus Andronicus. Um, not an easy band to Google. Um, <laughs> Melissa by uh, FK Twigs at number seven. No cities to love by Sleater Kinney at uh, number six. I don't like shit. I don't go outside at number five by Earl Sweatshirt. Number four, Summertime '06 by Vince Staples. Number three, New Place to Drown by Archie Marshall, a.k.a. Kid Cruel, a.k.a. Zoot Kid. Uh, number two, New Bermuda by Def Heaven. Number one, I Love You, Honey Bear by Father John Missy. Nice. And to recap my top ten, February 15th by Now, Art Pop by Grimes, Surf by Chance the Rapper, Donnie Trumpet, and The Social Experiment, Ratchet by Shamir, Currents by Tame Impala, Five, Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe Fiasco. Four, A New Place to Drown by Archie Marshall, also known as all those names. Three, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside by Earl Sweatshirt. Two, Melissa by FKA Twigs. And number one, Summertime 06 by Vince Staples. I also forgot to correct my list. I did want to flip (laughs) Summertime 06 and I Don't Like Shit. So actually number four... (laughs) God, this is a broken podcast. Number four is I don't like shit. Number five is <laughs> That said, man, if if Swish had come out, Swish this year, and Frank Ocean's album. I was about to say those two are the obvious ones because if those two came out, this would have been like a year like comparable to twenty. A year to me. goddamn remember it. Um, yeah. I'm real. Frank Ocean, he just has to come out this year. He said he would last year. And I don't, like, I don't think he scrapped anything, so I think he's just taking longer. 
But, like, also, like, six months after Channel Orange came out, he said he was already done with, like, the first 11 tracks of his new yeah. album, so I don't trust anything that yeah. comes out, uh, like, any news. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I have to, I have to hear it again. I need, I need more Frank. And Kanye yeah. is, I'll say, undefeated right now, so the excitement of every album for him is not only, oh, another Kanye album, it's also... Is he going to do another great album, or is he finally going to fuck up? Yeah, I heard an interesting perspective from, actually, Bomani Jones on his, like, personal Mm -hmm. podcast about why he's really excited for the new Kanye album. Um, He actually didn't like Yeezus. Okay. um, Which, you know, I think Yeezus is Kanye's maybe best album, if not late registration. Uh I did really like Dark Twisted Fantasy. I did harbor some resentment for it because I felt so many other great albums came out mm-hmm. in 2010 that were overshadowed by it. Uh, but even after I got over that hump, I just don't like it as much as those other two albums I just mm. mentioned. Uh, he brought an interesting perspective of... Uh, if you listen to Kanye's discography prior to Yeezus, uh, the drums are always soft, and it was in a way that like people had a problem with. Apparently a popular uh, detract mint, or I don't know, if I use that word correctly, was that the drums were too soft or, like, he didn't really have that hard-hitting thing, and you can't say he didn't with Yeezus. And from the singles he's put out recently that seem to combine some yeah, of his, yeah. like, slightly older sounds, but with that, like, hard-hitting uh-huh. production is why Swish is going to be so yeah. exciting. And I'm... Um, like, I, that's... Like, I made myself not listen to every single. Like, the only singles I've listened to for that album see- are All Day... And uh, was four or five seconds uh, technically? Yeah, Rihanna I think song. that's going to end up being on Rihanna's. I don't think anything else he's put out. I don't know if anything else is going to make the album because he's like, in his words, he's scrapped it all twice now. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Anything else you're looking forward to? I would love a love, Flying love Lotus, a new Mount Kimby oh, album. I'm I'm, I'm thinking yeah. Flying Lotus and or Captain Murphy this year. Because we haven't had Murphy in a while. Yeah, Murphy. And I remember Flying Lotus said that now that Kendrick's done with this album, I feel like I can focus on a Captain Murphy. Um, So I think that could be coming soon. I hope he does, like, the full visual album thing, too, because that was one of my favorite parts about the first one. And I also doubt we get a new uh, Flying Lotus album this year. Like, for one to come out in 2014 was actually a pretty quick turnaround from... one coming out just like I think only two years before until the quiet comes because usually he takes a little longer in between yeah. his albums. Um, um, that is if you if you grew up listening to mainly rap music, which I grew up listening to a lot of rap music, but that wasn't my mm-hmm. main thing. I feel like you can get kind of spoiled by like artists like Action Bronson who will release like three albums in a yeah. year, or like even crazier people like Young Thug, Young Thug or Lil B, who will release fucking fifty goddamn projects yeah. in a year. Um, Here's everything. Like, I'm used... Yeah, like, every three years, like, clockwork, I know there'll be a new Arcade Fire album. So there should actually be one oh, this year. That'd be cool. That, um, um, like, 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 2007 Funeral, 2010 The Suburbs, 2013 Reflector. I'm, I'm kind uh, of excited for Drake's album. Because... Um, wait, no, I think I screwed that up. Sorry, 2004 Funeral, 2007 Neon Bible, and then the okay. other two. Because Drake still peaks as high as he always has. So it's possible that he could just have a another really good album. I still think... I love having one Drake song a year. Yeah, like. that's fine. Like, 
Um, Take Care, I still feel, is his best album. Like, completely. Um, But he's peaked just as high on his albums after that. Um, So, I'm I'm kind of excited for another Drake album. Uh, I've kind of officially given up on Pusha T. He's still fun. I thought you liked his new album. It's pretty good. It's like a fun... So, it's a 10-track like intro album so what he just released is called the days before so it's an album that is just like hey here's this album until my net my full one comes out and if he had cut it down to five tracks from 10 it would have been perfect because there are five tracks on it that are excellent um like untouchable and the other five Mm -hmm. are just those classic who gives a fuck tracks so i don't know yeah did, has he ever hinted at Eclipse Reunion? Because that would be something I would no. really enjoy. Oh, maybe maybe Mad Villain will come yeah, out. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Underground Detox might finally yeah. happen. Detox won't happen, though. That was He said he was done with that album in 2012 and that he was just waiting for Mad Lib to finish, like, like do the finishing touches hmm. on it. Danny Brown yeah. could maybe drop something. We haven't heard anything from him. Yeah, yeah. Chance, I think... Yeah, he's usually pretty quick with. I his think stuff Chance too. actually I might think he's definitely due. come out this year. I'm sorry. Now I'm so excited by <laughs> Danny Brown that that's all I can think about. Triple X is one of my like top five, top ten rap albums I've ever heard. I fucking adore Triple X. I also really like old, but there is a lot of old that I mm. skip through. Isaiah Rashad might might drop um, this year. I don't. I... Still never listened to him. I've Sylvia seen him live. Demo is so good. It was. It's one of my favorite albums from that year. It is so good. Um, you should absolutely listen to that. Uh, him and Chance will be how I. And I'll say Childish Gambino. I know you don't like him, but I think. Mm-hmm. No, I understand the appeal. I think unlike uh, Kid Cudi, you could actually come to like him because he's done nothing but actually get better with each album. Camp was. I also would really enjoy a. Sorry mm. if I cut you off. I would also really enjoy an Action Bronson album where I actually like the whole album. Yeah, yeah the one like, he just put out was kind of uh, meh. I do. Yeah, but like five, like it's like that Pusha T yeah. album you mentioned. Like five of those tracks are fucking yeah. incredible. And I, I guess that like Blue Chips and Blue Chips Two get pretty close, but there's still like a bunch of tracks I, I'll skip over mm-hmm. in that. But um, somebody who's like sophomore release I was really disappointed by was Schoolboy Q. Yeah, yeah, his was uh But I heard an interesting breakdown of it that like made me kind of like certain tracks on it more even though some of them I still think are fucking terrible. Like I think it's weird that Schoolboy Q got away with yodeling on Break the Bank. <laughs> uh I I really did dislike a lot of Oxymoron, but Habits and contradictions set the bar so yeah. high that like I am not prepared to like de-invest if that's a word from his stuff. I I would really enjoy a new uh, one yeah. from him. You got anything else? We're running pretty long um, here. No, that's about it. Chance, childish. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. As always, uh, you can find me Murad Shaki at. Murad Shaki on Twitter, M U R A H D S H A W K I. You can listen to me every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific at KUSF. Uh, you can live stream the radio 
uh, KUSF.org. Uh, and you can find Jameson at... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jameson Christ. It's Jameson like the whiskey and Christ like that guy who might rule the universe. We don't know. Um, you can read my blog. I hope you do. It's called jamesonsbrain.wordpress.com. Uh, just about a number of things. Uh, take a visit. I got reposted by uh, Bernie Missourians for Bernie Sanders. Reposted my blog post on their wall, so that was really cool. Moving yeah. on up. Uh, just my yeah. favorite, one of my, I'll say my favorite person of 2015. A support group of them posted a thing I made, so that was a <clears throat> validating moment. Did you watch Obama's town hall and gun control today? Oh, I didn't. Good. I watched his. I watched. All his right, speech. well, that's a yeah, whole other. Yeah, we can go podcast. ahead and stop recording really quick. We yeah, that was the whole thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna try and get this thing back on the rails to a weekly basis. But uh, until next time, uh, thank you for joining us.